Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. States needs to be ashamed of itself. 
Well, to add insult to injury, the New York Post has pictures of Texas. Yes. Out in Texas, in Eagle Pass, as well as El Paso, they have video and pictures of the migrants who have made their way to the ravines to come across the border and are so desperate. They are actually climbing in between and putting their children through barbed wire fencing and the children are shown crying because of all of the wire that's going into their skin and they are met now now here's the this, this is the most insulting part they are being met by Texas military and cops and they are being brought onto U.S. soil as well as <laughs> their stories are being heard. Yes. So once they're brought over here from the barbed wire and the ravines, they're being detained and evaluated. And I quote, where officers will decide if they have strong enough cases to stay in the U.S. or will be deported. Now, this is something they're leaving up to the police to decide. Now, I just got finished telling you that the United States troops, they don't even have water that they can drink and they have been complaining and you know the powers that be say they're trying to find the funds in order to make the conditions better but yet you have migrants that are being assisted here despite the fact that you have caught them coming over here illegally. Now, all this money that's being spent to take care of these migrants at the expense of our very own troops not having any money. And they don't have any money to give these people who are serving their country and they have to buy their own air conditioning unit to keep from dealing with the unbearable heat. I don't even know what to say about the United States. We're complaining. They really have legitimate, bona fide complaints. They really do. They really really do and what do you say to these people 
What do you say? What do you say to them when they see what you're doing, when they hear what you're doing? Wow. I don't know. Oh, well, I tell you, the pastors these are something to talk about yesterday. As we had a question, we put on the floor, and our pastor Jeff, as always, we can rely on our pastor Jeff to really give us one of his stories. And I promise you, this one is an amusing and funny one. Oh my goodness, you want to definitely. Go back and listen to Pastor Jeff's story yesterday. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, he's talking about one of the most famous people to come out of New York. And uh, I tell you, he never lets us down. Ever, 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 ever lets us down. So, that's how we spent our Tuesday. Well, today is Wow Wednesday. And you know how we do over here on the due time. We have a good time with the ladies on Wednesday. We get our socially conscious segment with our girl Vivian, and we're so lucky to see today. Everybody didn't see today, but I'm not going to hold you any longer. I'm going to give you an opportunity to go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that. It's the time that Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. Have you or a loved one been experiencing intense itching on your head and your hair or on your skin? You may be experiencing pediculosis or scabies. Pediculosis is where ectoparasites, aka lice, infest in your hair or your body hair. Scabies is where microscopic mites bury eggs under your skin and spread. These infections can infect anyone, but specifically anyone in close proximity such as children in school or elderly in nursing homes. These infections can easily be treated with permethrin shampoos or creams and will clear up in two to three weeks. Be sure not to share hairbrushes, clothing, or come in contact with anyone infected. Stay safe out there.
good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And today is Wow Wednesday. Yes. Some people call it Hump Day. But we don't give it that name here because, you know, when people call it Hump Day, they're trying to figure out how to get from the beginning of the week through the middle of the week on to the ending of the week. And they're dragging around and they're moping. But we have Wow Wednesday because it's always live and kicking over here. We're giving God thanks that he has awakened us into this new day, a day we have never seen before, and a day that brings brand new mercies and brand new possibilities and brand new hope and just giving God thanks for today. And I know you're, you know, waiting to hear from our girl Vivian, so I'm not going to hold you up any longer. Let's say good morning to our girl Vivian. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday. How are you, Pastor Steph? I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Seems like this cold weather yeah. is kicking my allergies, but if they were worse now than they were when it was warmer, I don't know what's going on. But I'm all right. I'm hanging wow. in there. Wow, we're going to pray for you to feel better this morning. Thank you. What you got for us? You're welcome. All right, today on Socially Conscious, we are, uh, we're really in the the current event today, and we are starting off with a very popular topic on its due time with Pastor Steph, and that is the migrants, according to reports. Mayor Eric Adams um, is seeking to have a very old law amended. Excuse me. He is uh, looking to have the migrants excluded from New York City's right to shelter law. The city is asking for the 1981 consent decree known as right to shelter, to apply to the traditional homeless, saying it was not intended to cover the asylum seekers flooding the shelter system. The mayors and others have said that the rapid influx of tens of thousands of migrants is exhausting city resources and that the right to shelter law was enacted at a time when such a crisis was unimaginable and that the law should be amended to exclude foreign nationals. New York City says it has more than 60,000 migrants currently in its care. So far, New York City has opened 210 sites including 17 large-scale humanitarian relief centers. They have a total of over 2,000 personnel working, focusing solely on the migrant cases alone. 
and are looking to deploy more workers soon, a judge has instructed the city to file its request in a letter by October 3rd to explain why migrants seeking asylum should be exempt from the decades-old right to shelter law. And just last night, actually, a judge has indeed ruled that the right to shelter law will only be for New Yorkers. Some say it doesn't make sense at this point for the city to act to be relieved of its obligations to protect people from dying on the streets of New York. And of course, others are all for it. And we want you to join in on the conversation. Do you think that this is a justified move to exclude the migrants from this law? Or is this nonsense? And our next story takes us out to California. As reports say, the state of California will be increasing taxes on guns and ammunition in order to fund more security in schools. They say California will double the taxes on guns and ammunition and use the money to pay for more security at public schools and various violence prevention programs under the new law. Governor Gavin Newsom just signed on Tuesday. The federal government already taxes the sale of guns and ammunition at either 10% or 11%, depending on the type of gun. And the law that Newsom just signed adds another 11% tax on top of that, making it the only state with its own tax on guns and ammunition, according to the Gun Control Advocacy Group. Governor Newsom justifies his signing of the law, saying that gun violence already causes taxpayers a lot of money and health impacts and in the criminal justice system. Right now, California has some of the lowest gun death rates in the country, ranking 43rd out of the 50 states, according to the 2021 data from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention. The tax has some exceptions. It will not apply to police officers, and it will not apply to businesses with sales of less than $5,000 over a three-month period. State officials estimate it would generate about $159 million annually just on the taxes of guns and ammunition alone. So while New York is out here raising tolls, cost of parking, transit fares, and everything else that they can think of, with no evidence as to where the money is going, California is out here thinking outside the box and trying to find a way to help protect the children. Next Next, we are out in San Francisco as this, the, their government is mandating that anyone receiving government assistance must go through drug rehab treatment in order to receive the assistance. Reports say as part of a new plan that aims at holding people who receive government aid accountable, the homeless and or formerly homeless getting financial assistance from the city and county must go through a screening first 
and then undergo substance abuse treatment in order to get their money. They say treatment would range from medically assisted treatment to outpatient options. Those who refuse or don't successfully engage will not be eligible to get the funds. This comes after the mayor said the city of San Francisco is stepping up efforts to clear homelessness encampments. According to reports, there are currently 7,754 people who are experiencing homelessness in San Francisco. Of those people, about 4,000 were staying in the shelter. So with this plan, they will be decreasing their homeless and helping those who are struggling with drugs, which they say the city is on track to exceed the highest number of overdose deaths that they have ever seen since drugs like fentanyl have really taken over. So maybe it's just me, but these two stories just make me realize that as we're out here fussing and fighting and struggling to deal with the migrant situation, other places have the means, the time, and the mental capacity to think about some solutions for other problems that we are also facing, but we can't really deal with because we're dealing with the migrant situation. Which brings us to our wow story of the week. Again, we're just sticking to that current events type of news today. Um... So they're saying, and this is also a continuation to the story that Pastor Steph told uh, yesterday about the migrants crossing the border out in Texas by any means necessary. Reports say a two-month-old baby was found by Rio Grande City Border Control agents after being abandoned at the southern border. And officials say that this is nothing new as a lot of children are being used and recycled as means to help get others into the country. They're saying that either the babies, the children are being used as a distraction or being left in hopes that at least they will make it in. The most surprising thing about this story is the numbers. Reports say that there are currently 11,000 unaccompanied children in the custody of the Office of Refugees Resettlement Resettlement or or Department of Health and Human Services. That's a significant increase from just last month when there were ten thousand and much more than in July when there were only seven thousand children in custody. According to the Department of Homeland Security statistics, there are roughly three hundred and eighty three children coming over the border unaccompanied per day. The 60,000 migrants that was stated in our first story that the city is saying that they are um, caring for, I wonder where these 11,000 unaccompanied children fall in in that number. So this is, a, this is just a crazy situation that has gotten completely out of hand. I don't think they would have ever thought that it would be at this point when they decided, yeah, let's let the migrants in, let's help them out. And the worst part of it all is that no one seems to have a solution to this. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wow stories you would like to submit, 
<coughs> excuse me, please feel free to direct message me on Facebook. My username there is Vivian BM. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners, and thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Vivian. Thank you. I, I must apologize. I, there was a disturbance over on my end. I did not catch at all the wild story. And so I'm going to ask you when we get up to it to please repeat it. I'm not going to ask you to repeat it right now. And I apologize. Um, no problem. Please stick around if you can to give us that story all over again. Okay. Okay. Also, I want. I got disturbed, and I wanted to actually look up this right to shelter. I, I've been meaning to do it, and I have not been able to do it. Do you? Can you explain to us what that is? Uh, basically, they were saying the right to shelter law is that anyone who um, is seeking a bed in the shelter that, that, I mean, now that lives in New York, that they must provide them a bed. So they can't really turn people away. I mean, of course, we have the situations where there is just no beds, but certain laws, I mean, certain rules and things of, uh, like, other rules and things wouldn't disqualify them from for, from receiving a bed and the shelter. So they're just making it to where this applies now only to New Yorkers and not to the migrants. So they okay. can now turn away migrants okay. who are seeking beds and shelters. Okay, okay, okay. Ooh, boy. All right. Thank you so much. I so appreciate that. And please, again, if you can, hang around. So we can get that wild story again. And uh, I'll chat with you in a minute. All right. All righty. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I just haven't had a chance to do my little research. And, mm, that's quite interesting. All right, let's say good morning to the ladies. We're short one lady today. And we pray for a good day. Uh, Lady Tamika is well, but has another obligation. So we're going to miss her today. But God always holds down the fort. So we're going to say good morning to our elder, Natisha. Good morning, birthday girl. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much. I am excited for another year of life and to be on with my, some of my favorite people this morning. Thank you very much. Well, we pray God's blessing over your life. Thank you. You know, we're thanking him so much for just adding me as a part of our life, you know, not just one day a week, but we're giving God thanks for you and all that you do for the people of God. And we're going to come back to your birthday salute. In a little while, I want to take some time in a little while to say uh, happy birthday to you. Thank you. Here we go. You're welcome. So we've got, at least I got my explanation of this right to shelter uh, act. Mayor Adams, after 100,000 plus, (laughs) 
have already landed here. He wants to go back and reach for this this law to be put in place for New Yorkers only. And Vivian said that there is a judge that has kind of said okay to this. And we've got 2,000 personnel focused on the migrant situation all by itself. 210 sites have been allocated to the migrant shelter system. What is your thought about him now reaching back into this act to put into place now? It sounds inhumane. It really does. And, I mean, I think as we think about the fact that we are approaching the winter months, and it, you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like me saying, oh, you're having some difficulties, you know, okay, come over to my house, but you can only stay outside. <laughs> come come mm-hmm. on over. I'm going to invite mm-hmm. you to my house, but you can only stay outside in the element. And, I, and that's inhumane. Mm-hmm. And we, were, we were supposed to really consider what it meant to invite them into New York. We were supposed to look at it. Like, again, who are the people at the table? Where are your strategy? Where are the critical thinkers that are on your team to have been able to forecast uh, some of these things? I'm sure that regardless of, you know, all strategy has flaws and holes and things of that nature. But this feels like y'all didn't think this through at all. You just flung open the doors because you were money hungry, thinking about whatever money was going to come as a result of it from the federal aid, and you did not consider what that was going to do. So now not only are you overpopulating New York City, flooding the homeless shelters, but you're also flooding the foster care system when we get into, you know, some of the other elements Mm -hmm. of all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you think... This, this mm-hmm. is proof, proof of failed planning, failed looking mm-hmm. at the totality of, of a situation. And now that you fail, they are going to have to suffer for it. And that feels inhumane, and especially mm. to, to decide that we're going to shut the doors and not allow you into our shelters when we are approaching winter. Mm-hmm. Woo, boy. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Ooh, let's hear what Shanti's got to say about this. Inhumane, inhumane. Good morning, Shanti. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you, lady? Well, thank you, well, thank you, well, thank you. All right, so you've heard what the right to shelter act if you didn't know what it was. And now uh, Mayor Adams is reaching back to try to put this into effect so that it applies to New Yorkers only. What's your thought? I think it's disgusting and it shows kind of what we've been saying this whole time. Like, so now it has gotten to the point where 
you either don't deem them useful anymore or they've already accomplished the goal you needed them to as far as your motive for bringing them over here? Because I'm not understanding how. So what's the point in allowing them over here if they don't have nowhere to sleep? What What's the point in that? What's the point in them either sneaking over here, you're catching them, and keeping them here, allowing them to stay here, you're not deporting them, not taking them back, or you inviting them over here, but then you're like, psych your mic, but you can't sleep nowhere. I'm, I'm really not understanding. And just like I thought, and I, I remember saying a couple of weeks ago, I was like, and when this weather switched up out of nowhere, because it switched up out of nowhere, now, like Ellen, our teacher said, now where are they supposed to sleep? Now, it's bad enough if it was still hot outside and they had to wander the streets or doze off outside or find, you know, try to tuck in somewhere and find. But now that it's, it's, it's more than nippy outside now, especially at night. Last night was, I, I was like, what, what month is this again? It's out of nowhere. So now they have nowhere to sleep. That That is crazy. I, I'm not understanding how you even, it's, it's almost like you're not talking to another human, despite the fact that they may not speak the same language. Like, do you still understand that this is what you're saying to someone? Yes, you're over here, what I allowed or brought you over here, but now you can't sleep here. Now you care about us. Now all of a sudden you don't want to block us out of anything. You will make sure we have been. But you're not going to, no, I don't, that, that either means that you now deem them useless or you're like, okay, well, for the purpose that we allow y'all to come over here has been fulfilled. So now we're starting to pull back the tactics that we were putting in place to show you that we cared about you. Mm-hmm. When, when I ask, Vivian, <laughs> did she know what the right to shelter act or law was? And she said what she said. The first thing I said to myself was, so the people going to be completely homeless? How do you even do this now? How mm-hmm. now? How now, ladies, do you decide? To put into effect this law. What does that mean? But just to help me, I always say there's two ways of saying everything. <laughs> and I said to myself, oh my God, are you really saying that when they get to the door of a shelter, the people can say sorry? And then where do they go? Whether they're the single man, whether they're the single women, whether they're the families, where do they go? And I thought like you did, Shantice, the other day when out of nowhere it just suddenly got like, I was like, yo, what's for the tent? The creed more tent? The tent over here? The tent over there? I'm like, if I'm in my house and I'm cold without putting on any heat, and, boy, we're going to be a little cold a little longer because I just can't look at that winter bill right now. But, mm-hmm. yo, what does it mean for the people in the tent on a cot with a thin little blanket? 
How do you put this into effect now? And you and and, and inhumane was is the key word here. That is just like some Martian stuff. Yo, this is crazy. You're gonna have to come up with something else. Because as much as, you know, we have, you know, we have our gripes and you know, things like that. We, I mean, you don't want to see people homeless. And like you said, Shanti, mm. now where do these people go in this weather? Now, it hasn't, we haven't even gotten out of September. And now mm-hmm. they're facing this. What happens now to these people? And, and unfortunately, you know, I, maybe they'll decide to go back now. That That's the only thing I could think of. You know, we, we talked, I think it was last week or the week before last, where, you know, now that they're revealing that we can't do anything for you here, maybe you'll go back now. When, when the mayor has said, okay, live on the street. Did, 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 goodness gracious. I tell you, you know, when, we did, when I did the story yesterday that covered the migrants coming through the barbed wire, and... I just opened up the story again this morning and they showed the live video of, of them coming through the crawling through the barbed wire. I said, goodness gracious. And now we hear this here from, you know, this, this, this story here. You know, I, I don't, you don't even know what to say. You don't even know what to say. I, I have this question for I, you ladies. I have, I, have, I have another thought, Pastor. As, as you've said that, I think that speaks of their desperation, right? Like, if they're yes, coming to us, that speaks of their yes. desperation. So here's what else they're yes. not thinking about. You, you start creating enemies within your own territory because if I get yeah. here, I'm desperate to get here, and I start now finding a way, realizing that you're not going to support me, you now are cultivating crime. You yep. are increasing yep. crime, mm-hmm. robberies, yep. and theft. Yep. You are creating an enemy yep. because now you now all New Yorkers become the enemy. I don't like none of y'all. Right. You are bring me here to your you right. are let me in here but then you don't want to share right. with me your resources, no problem. We'll take your resources. So we'll come yep. they'll start organizing yep. gangs on our street and, and you don't let yep. sixty thousand of them come so you got a sixty thousand member gang on your hand. They're not thinking. Yes. No, not at all. And it's funny because I was just getting ready to ask this in a, a different manner, and you raise a very good point because, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm looking at what Vivian said. So they say they they have two thousand personnel that are, I mean directly on this migrant situation. Now, here you have this bigger problem because you've just given 2,000 people a job and you've opened up 2,000 jobs, but now, like you said, you've opened up the streets to major crime where people are going to be hurting us who are just living here like them, and they don't care because now, by, like you said, by any means necessary, I've got to survive. I got, I've got to survive. I got to feed my kids. I got to eat. Oh, my goodness. Boy, are we in for some journey here. What are you 
doing. So now that Elder Night teacher has kind of uh, answered and responded to what I was going to say, Shanti, you know, again, you've got two issues going on here. So now everybody's excited because you've now just opened up 2,000 jobs, but now you've created a crime spree that we don't know where it's going to end when it's going to end, and how it's going to end. So now you've got a whole new issue. Absolutely. And I thought of that when it was this whole, oh, just let's invite all of these migrants over and you're granting them access to all of the things that was so difficult for us Americans to get or we have to jump through hoops to get. And that was my thought then. So the animosity that you're building with your people so now, so you're you're build you're building enemies on both ends, because you now saying you'll deny migrants a bed to make sure that a citizen, you know, someone who's originally from here gets a bed, is not taking a target off your back for those who already already wanted to get at you for just inviting all these migrants over here, and now they're in, in the schools around their kids, so now it's a hostile situation when it comes to their kids and all that. That ain't taking no target off your back. Now, to compound your error and to make matters worse for yourself and your team, now you're building enemies on the opposite side. So you don't only have to watch your back from one end. You got to watch your back from both ends now because now you're showing them, so like, you're saying so many different things to both sides that, I really don't think they understand the message that they're sending to the Americans and to the migrants. And this isn't, uh, I'm going to go to bed tonight and wake up tomorrow and solve this type of situation. You you walked into this easily being, like you always say, Pastor Steph, this ain't no nail effect now. This is going to have to be a screw effect. You're going to have to say as quick as it was to get yourself in this, it ain't going to be so quick to get yourself up out of this. Because you're going to now have to do no. a lot to, to calm the Americans and a lot to calm the migrants. And I don't know how y'all going to do that because y'all can come up with a plan for y'all plans. So I don't know how y'all coming up with a plan for damage control. <laughs> you know, because damage control, coming up with a plan for damage control takes a lot of know-how, a lot of knowledge, discernment, and wisdom. And they've already shown us that they don't have any of the three. So they, they better call on the name of Jesus and ask him to heal because this, this is, and not only that, you've also now turned the two against each other. You know, that even without you being in the equation, you've now helped to build issues and problems between the Americans and the migrants. That you, mm-hmm. you you know, it's like you, you created the problem, but you can't now solve this. It's going to take it's gonna take people with a common sense and and just like, you know what, we, we don't want any problems on both ends for there not to be a huge, you know, battle between the two. You know, but now, now that the Americans are hearing that this is how you're doing them, you know, maybe some of them will be like, well, you know, we shouldn't feel this way about them as much like they come over here and stealing our stuff because now all, all of their motives are being shown and I really hope that, they, that people feel that this is what happens when 
you do things for your own selfish gain, and you end up not getting it, and mm-hmm. all you end up getting is problems. Yeah, this, this here, this is this is because I thought the same thing. I'm like, well, then what are the what are they gonna do? Because whenever you back a you know a dog into a corner, you know that's never a good result. And now they're being backed into a corner to survive by any means necessary. So now you have me living on the street. It's cold. Now you have the other two places are trying to work on the homeless situation while this one is creating a larger homeless situation. My question is, why you can't send these people back? What happened to closing the border? I, I don't understand. It's one thing when they're trying to, you know, they're making their way here, climbing through barbed wire and things like that, because that's what we talked about yesterday. How desperate are they that you're going to send your children and you climbing through barbed wire? Why? Okay, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But when you are still allowing them to come over here, you still have not, we haven't heard yet that they have shut the ability to even come over here. So how how come that has not been put into place? Have you gotten yourself in such a jam that you can't say this now? Because this this here, this is definitely not, this, this this is not the answer. This, this, you will have to make um, uh, a room for them now because you've invited them here, and now you have to realize that this is not a healthy situation. This is not a healthy situation at all. What, what does that say for the safety of them as well as us? It's not just a safety issue for New Yorkers. It's a safety issue for them as well. Do you not, so now that puts a weight on the health care because if they're living in the street, what does that mean for their health? So now that's flooding. The, goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness gracious. I tell you, you talk about making a bad situation worse. Yes. I'm sorry. We have a comment. They kind of back to what you were saying. Um, okay. Listener says, Right to shelter includes adequate living place, safe and decent structure, clean and decent surroundings, sufficient light, pure air and water, electricity, sanitation, and other civic amenities. Another listener sent in, they're getting money for these people, so they don't want to say that they can't come, but they can make it so that they don't want to come. And another listener sent in. So basically, the mayor is just trying to take his hands off the situation. Why don't they post some eminent domain on these private real estate companies building these massive buildings that's thinking Manhattan? Mm. That's a thought. <laughs> that's a thought. I'm trying to figure out what they're doing. I mean, you know what? Listen. I want to talk about this, too, because you just opened up something. Thank you so much for your comments, listeners. Out here in Queens, and I think I mentioned this on here before, everywhere you look, okay, so we're not too far from the airport. Everywhere you look is a hotel. When I tell Mm -hmm. you, 
Oh, my goodness. It, it, it's about as many hotels as there are houses. And I'm saying to myself, first of all, we're in the hood. And when we go to a hotel out, you know, outside of New York, we're looking for quiet. We're looking for peacefulness. We're looking, you know, for a different atmosphere, not what they're getting here when they, they, they book a hotel here. And let me tell you something, the, the cost of getting in a hotel here is, I mean, expensive. So now you have all these hotels going up. And I'm saying to myself, well, give some of those to the homeless. Now, I don't want them here either. But what can I, I you, you can't say that because, you know, they didn't want us here. So what, what's the difference? You, you can't say that. But. My thing is, that goes to what the the comment was. You've got all of this real estate going up, so you have, you know, now you're inviting all these people here to New York because this is supposed to be the place to be, and now you've got all these hotels here. Put put some up for the homeless people. Put some up for the homeless people. Would that be? To say, I think, yeah. You know what? Especially since, you know, we have all these spaces um, that are unoccupied, you know what I mean? Like, utilize some of those spaces. I mean, there are plenty of hotels that will have residential housing, like, from, you know, a certain floor up. So, like, depending on how large the hotel is, they'll have. residential living from floor 11 all the way up and then they'll use floors 11 down to be able to outsource to those who are you know seeking temporary housing for their travel so i think that that is a, that's a fair um option and solution to the problem if we're trying a solution to it i think that that is fair but again we start going into um pockets and business and you know what i mean right. and, and right. all of that that those muddy waters is what we start tapping into <laughs> when we do that. Because you yep. want to hear an outcry? Let let you start trying to tap into them businesses and the Rockefellers and the mm-hmm. Hilton's and all of them. <laughs> well, yep. They'll be they'll yep. be right. <laughs> yeah, because there's a nice size. I think it's a Hilton that they just put up here, and on one of these sides and I was like is that a hotel here on this street and I believe it it is a Hilton isn't it like Hilton by Wyndham or something like that it's one of those and I mean it looks nice on the outside and I'm saying to myself well put them up in there but like you said hey ain't nobody trying to hear nothing about that because not only that, now you have the visitors who are coming here. Now they got their another issue. Shanti, do you think that would be a good remedy for, okay, we ain't got no place to put them. Put them up in the hotel. Yes. Because every time I see another one up, another one go up over here, my mind just immediately goes to. So this is just another place for these prostitutes to be. Because there's no scenery <laughs> over here. There is no, like, really, like like you said, you know, when we go out of town, we wouldn't pick a hotel in an area like this. 
you know, we 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 wouldn't probably necessarily be like in a Times Square area, but it would be somewhere nice. Like this area is is really weird because you can be on one block and it have one scenery, and you go up the block and it's a completely different type of environment mm-hmm. like, different type of aura, like literally the very next block it is so weird over here and they seem to put these hotels in like these back end industrial sex trafficking aura type blocks and i'm like what who is staying here <laughs> who is staying like there is no way i could fly here and what what are the I gotta look up these pictures online because because they be lying online. They I, I've learned that a lot of these places <laughs> whether you're in a, a home or an apartment they be lying. They lied about a house on on our block, a family that I've known since I was nine years old. They were selling that house and the the lies they put online the pictures of this house and. I was like, how do you get access to just say lies, lies, lies? Like, I ain't got nothing else in the comments except lies. I got to go look and see how they how they advertise in these hotels. But there's no way I would fly here and look at this hotel in this area and feel comfortable with staying here. At the same time, with that being said, I don't know how I feel about a, a bunch of migrants being put in this area if you ain't got nothing for them to do 24-7. Because, again... This area just screams crime. The 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 blocks that these hotels are on. Crime or hustle. So if you don't know <laughs> if you don't have nothing to do I'm serious. It's like if you ain't got nothing to do and my mother's been telling me since I was a teenager, idle time makes for idle mind, you either come up with one or two things, you either come up with a crime to commit or a hustle. So I don't know how I feel about that too, but if you gonna put them up, then put them there and give them something to do so that they not rip off the people who's going to Long Island Railroad because they're putting a lot over there as well. And do do it. This, this is this is just dumb. This is just like you're leaving it now to the law-abiding citizens. Now we scratching our heads. And like the men said the other day, like <laughs> yesterday, I think it was, or Friday. Now, we got to try to come up with a plan so that we're safe. You know, it's like, it, it, almost like, okay, so what can we think of to now take to them and, and plan something in the powers that be had so that we feel comfortable going to the train, going to the Long Island Railroad, going to the air train? Like you said, Pastor Steph, a lot of these hotels are being put up by the air train that takes you to JFK Airport. It, 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 it's just too much. It, it's just, it, y'all plan became everybody else's problem. Because y'all didn't have a plan. I hope they listen. But it, yeah, it, <laughs> if, if they're going to do that, then you put them there. But you can't put them there again without a plan because it, huh, this, this is just a mess. And yeah. That's no that and that's the problem and we've talked about that before also. Regardless of where you put them, if all you do is give them housing, then what do you do? Now it begins right. to look like the the, the, the projects and but begins to look like some of the tenement buildings. It begins to look like, you know, the areas which is why I I believe that most people don't want them in the area, not because they don't care. 
but because it's it's like okay, so you put them here and then what? Again, the average individual, you know, you choose your home based on. Mm-hmm. And Elder and I teacher has spoken about you know she's relocating to Chicago. I'm sure her and and Minister Greg are being very selective about where they plant their feet because they need right. to be. You know, they're they're working people. They're you know they 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 want their you know environment safe, so forth and so on. So when you choose where you live, this is part of the decision making. So now, that does, even the people in Staten Island, I don't think they're hateful. It's just listen. What are you doing with these people when you put them here in the school? So now the school. You know, we, you close the school for whatever the reason is. And one of the things you get, you know, where, where, you ever notice the, 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 the schools, the, the security, like, you can't stand here, get, go, go, go. They don't allow you, to, the, the students, to stand and congregate around the school. But what mm-hmm. do you do with a bunch of people who have nothing to do? They stand around doing nothing. You cannot employ all of these people. These people are, you know, they have families, they have children, so therefore they can't, you know, if they ain't got nowhere to go, they, they don't have a place to, or reason to put their child in any kind of uh, care during the day. So that that's pretty much the the the, uh, the concern. So Shartish, you just really voice what everyone is feeling. Okay, you put them here. You know, I don't mind a person moving in the block, even if they're not a homeowner, but they're a renter, somebody's investment property, if they're going to work, if they're going to not sit outside and smoke weed and, you know, now blast the music and so forth and so on. You don't mind those people moving into the house next door. But when I have the people moving in the house next door and all they do is congregate, and now they invite their friends to congregate, it now becomes an issue. So you have this, that's the mentality, you know, of, of what you said. Nobody's saying they don't want them in there just because. They don't want them there because then there's no place to go after that. What are your plans for yeah. these people after that? And you don't have, they've proven there's no plan. So, you know, this is, oh, you ladies have brought up some really good you know, uh, issues, and now it, it's it's left up to us <laughs> to try to strategize and make it, you know, make it happen one way or another. So out in California, as Vivian said, they are working on some other things as increasing the tax <laughs> so that it could pay for. Now, okay. Now, let let them pay for the problem that having these guns create. Elgin Atisha, a remedy, a fix-it, a thought? I love that. I love that idea. Here are some people who are thinking. Here are some people who are saying, we have an issue, so let's figure out how to produce the funds to continue to build up our community while also making it harder 
on the things that's causing a nuisance to our community. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. all that way. Like from the from Pearl Harbor, like it has always been the way that they have found a way to fund any type of new initiatives that they want to have happen in the community. They do it by putting taxes. And I love I love the juxtaposition that Vivian brought up because she said, now here they are actually using their mind putting taxpayers' work, money to work, whereas y'all are over here building bridges, taxing bridges, increasing parking fees and things of that nature, and we have no idea where the money is going. There's there's no talk about what's happening in New York. There's no talk Mm -hmm. about what's going on. The only thing we are being in with is this this crisis the with with you know with our our friends who are loved but unwanted <laughs> it's like, it's like, right, we love y'all. right 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 <laughs> right but, right but 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 still unwanted because we have our own issues and things of that nature so yeah i think california is setting an amazing president and i hope that um, Mayor Adams will look at that. He will get that information, and then he'll begin to kind of mimic. Because obviously, who you're mm-hmm. surrounding yourself with, your cabinet, <laughs> y'all are not coming up with yeah. great ideas at all. So, mm-hmm. so let's look at your mm-hmm. model, and let's begin to mimic how they're utilizing their brains because they're still keeping the main point, the main point, and that is the citizens of their community. And I love that for them. Absolutely, absolutely, Shanti. Tax, tax, and make those taxes work for you. We lost Shanti. We lost her. I'm sure she'll be calling back in in a second. I actually happen to agree with you a great deal, Elder Natisha. Fit that money and make it work. You know, if if you insist on these guns, then you know what, you keep part of this problem. And since we can't, you know, we we can't get better gun laws, then we'll put the tax on you, and now it'll help to fund these things that are happening, and now we can maybe try to curtail some of this issue and uh, make it happen. And I like what Vivian said as well. So, Chantice is back. Let's hear her side of the story. So, Chantice is talking about taxing the guns on top of the tax. Ooh, taxing for guns. Absolutely. Did um, I forgot? Did Vivian say what they were using the money for specifically, or she was? They just left in general, like they're now going to use that to benefit, like fund other things. She said, she did mention one thing that they would be paying for more security at the school, you know, at the oh, schools. Right, in school. So there were, yes, like, yes, there were a couple okay. of things that she did mention. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And this will probably. Well, this is the beginning, I believe, in the ones who are selling the weapons to pay attention to who they're selling to because that's the problem. You know, y'all want to be careless as to who you're selling to, and now you have all of these shootings and this and the third, or 
as a product of who you're selling to and da da da. So now, on top of you paying this, now you got to pay this. And I, I love it too because there should definitely be a lot more armed security guards at these schools. And I think a lot of schools don't have it yet because, especially here, because we don't hear about a lot of school shootings here. And my question was, well, are we waiting to hear that a school gets shot up, you know, in the Bronx or in Queens or wherever before we now start to either just get more security in general or armed, you know, security guards or however. So I, I really like the idea of that. Like, we're going to solve a real problem not a problem that we just deem important that but that's really benefiting us to just solve a real problem where it's going to protect the, the the babies and and the faculty and so on and so forth and now y'all are going to have to y'all are going to fund this plan because this is an actual plan to put more security in these schools is a real plan and now you're going to fund it because your guns is the reason why this plan is in effect Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, the security at the schools, you know, it really means a whole lot more than even just the armed guards. I mean, it means more locked doors. It means, you know, a Mm -hmm. lot of different uh, things put into place, you know, better training, you know, better training for the teachers and, and the staff and things like that. And this stuff costs money. And you know what? You pay for it. You pay for it. If we can't get you to curtail some of the things that are going on, we can't get you to put more things into place, fine. You eat it, and maybe then you'll start to pay attention. You know, the the Ducat Tom Cruise always talks about hit them in the pocket. (laughs) And this is Mm -hmm. one way of doing it. But, again, it's a plan, and it, it, it says a lot, a lot. It says, a, it says a lot for, I, I agree with uh, 100% with what Evan, I think you said, who's sitting at the table with you? Who's sitting at the table with mm-hmm. you? Are these real thinkers? Are these real strategizing people where, it, it, where we sit down and we get up? We're not just licking our fingers, you know, from the food that was good, but we actually come up with some real hardcore plans that's going to make a difference. Here's another area that I thought was really interesting today. Well, Vivian said that in San Francisco, they're mandating that from the government, go must go through a screening first, and then if they need the substance abuse treatment, they must follow through or get no treatment. Ah, Elzanatisha. I'm sorry, it, my phone started breaking up. What was what's your question? I was saying, what are you thinking about that? We're in San Francisco, in order to get assistance from the government, they're mandating that you go through a screening, and if you need some substance mm-hmm. abuse treatment, that you must mm-hmm. get the treatment. You must follow through, yeah. or you get you get no no uh, no funding, no help. 
Yeah. I, again, a, another community, right, still that California, is just another part of California that's thinking, that's looking at the issues within their community. Again, while we're focusing, and I love it, Vivian said it, while we're focusing on the asylum seekers, like, as though that's our only issue, these other states are focusing on issues that are relative to their community that has that that have already existed and that has always existed, and they are coming together and coming up with solutions for those things. I think that that's a great way to um, ensure that the assistance that we are providing is actually helping to better the person. It doesn't make sense mm. to just offer assistance to everyone that needs it all willy nilly because this is taxpayer money. And so for individuals who are paying taxes or who have, you know, worked for any length of time and who, who has been a part of developing the fund because of the taxes that come out of their pay, I think that, that is, that's, that's a great way to feel like, okay, we're helping to cause someone to be better, not just so that you get the assistance and then use those um, funds. Sorry, can you still hear me? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and not use those funds um, to 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 you know to do other things. But this is helping to better the person, so that they have to better themselves, get in a program, let's clean you up, and then let you know move you into um, a better functionality for our community. All right, all right. Shanti, do you think this is a good idea or you're putting too much pressure on people? You know, if you say you need help, then you better be using the help. You know, what's the point in me saying I need help and you saying, okay, well, here's what you have to do. Here are the classes or, you know, here's the medicine that you need or here's the classes and the medicine that you need and they're going to set you up in a separate home because you need to be isolated for three months in order for, you know, you to be disciplined to take this meds, whatever the the health is, you know, you, you have to because this is also their way of ensuring that they're spending their time on the right people, you know, because there are a bunch of people who need help. So now if you're not going to take the health serious, then Okay, no problem, but we'll take it from you and give it to someone else who is serious about their healing, serious about getting better and doing better. So I, I like the, I like that plan. Yep, I agree with you, ladies. Vivian hit the nail on the head again. You know, just hitting the nail on the head and making these people who say they want funding, they want help, they want assistance, you're not going to dictate our assistance. You're Mm -hmm. not going to sit back and make light of this assistance. This assistance is coming from somewhere and we can use it somewhere else. So if you want help, then you want us to help you. So let us help you. And how many people have gotten off drugs you know, um, by going to substance abuse treatment programs, and they are now, you know, model citizens. You know, it took them a mm-hmm. minute to get there, but with the proper focus, um, attention, treatment, 
they're, they're, they're on the other side now. So you know what? Yeah, yeah, by all means. And, and they need to do this everywhere. This doesn't just need to be in San Francisco. They, this needs to be everywhere. And you know what? People will thank you later. It may start off as, oh, man, why they making me do this? That's not right. I just need the help. Why they just don't give me the money? And then later on, you know, when they see the benefit of it, you know, they're grateful. They're grateful because now, you know, you've helped to make them a better person. So, yes, kudos to them for thinking and strategizing differently. I want to put Vivian back on so we can get our wow story. Good morning again, Viv. Good morning. All righty, Vivian. Please give us the wow story again. I apologize. No problem. All right. So reports say a two-month-old baby was found by Rio Grande City Border Patrol agents after being abandoned at the southern border. And officials say this is nothing new, as a lot of children are being used and recycled as a means to help get others into the country. Either they are being used as a distraction or being left in hopes that at least they will make it in. The most surprising thing about the story is the numbers. Reports say there are currently nearly 11 thousand unaccompanied children in the custody of the Office of Refugee Resettlement or the Department of Health and Human Services out here in the United States. That's a significant increase from August when there were 10,000 unaccompanied children and much more than in July when there were 7,500 children in custody. According to the Department of Homeland Security Statistics, there are roughly 383 kids coming over the border unaccompanied per day. So with the 60,000 migrants that was stated in our first story, I wonder where these children fall in that number. And I was just saying how this is a very tragic situation that has gotten completely out of hand. And the worst part is, as we have been saying, there is no solution. So that was the wild story of the week. These unaccompanied children being left here and just adding to the number of migrants in our country. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Vivian. Thank you so much. And we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. Now, this is, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, this is this is not a new story either. This has been in the news for a minute, how the children have been left at the door, if you will. They've been left at the door, and we, um, we've been hearing about this for a minute, how they, they have resorted to just putting the kids there if they can't get there. And Elder Night Teacher kind of touched on this in the beginning. But Sean Teacher, Elder Night Teacher will be dialing back in. So you have the first leg on this one. So the kids are at the borders and stuff by themselves because the parents Mm -hmm. are leaving them there in order to come over here. 
well, here's what's happening, and it's been going on for a minute now. So, and they've been showing pictures of this for over a year. So they'll 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 have some people who will come who manage to get all the way over. And what they'll mm. do is if they themselves, the parent or parents, can't get across the border, you they they've shown pictures of them just like handing them the children. They've shown pictures of the children left at the border with no parents. So it's in other words, it's like okay, if I can't get in, at least take the oh, kids. Okay. At least oh, the okay. children can make it in to have a better life, to have better living conditions, so forth and so on. So now Vivian is saying that to the tune of three hundred and eighty three kids approximately per day. Hmm. Yeah. It, my mind goes back to what are you setting these kids up for? Because you talking about that many kids being put over here, and they're not even over here with their parents. We hear about what happened. The the typical, the typical foster care um, group home stories for. Kids who are from here are traumatic and scary. Now you're talking about migrant babies being over here. They're immediately put into the system. Immediately a great chance of them having to face another level of trauma because you sending me from one country to another by myself is traumatic enough. Now, on top of that, I'm over here, probably can't even speak the language, most likely. I don't know nobody. If I have a sibling or siblings, more than likely we getting split up. And now we're in this sick, twisted, demonic system that doesn't even care about the kids who are from here, let alone the kids who are not from here. So as these migrants' parents thinking that, oh, I'm sending them over here for a better life, um... And, you know, at least when, <laughs> at least when you were talking about the, the parents, them and the kids were slipping through the barbed wire. It, they were here with their kids, you know. So now it's like I'm, I'm over here. I may not know anything or anyone, but I'm now still here to send for and protect my child. But now they're over here by themselves. What are they supposed to do? Are are you really sending them over here for a better life? Or it or would it be safer to be at home with you and whatever you're facing there, at least they have you, their parent. Because anybody's going to fight for you like your parent is. You know, at least you, you have your, your parent over there. I, I can't even imagine how the kids feel. And I'm just looking around. It's, it's me and hundreds of other kids like me. But now, you know, we're over here. We don't know nobody. We don't know this place. We don't know where we're going to end up, who we're going to end up with, what we're going to end up doing with it. That, again, no plan. That is not a plan. And it, I feel sorry for these babies. I feel sorry for these babies because now they're automatically being put as a burden to, you know, whoever's on this end who has to, you know, like it's it's my job to now take care of the situation. You know, so if I work for ACS, if I work for, you know, it, it's now... If I'm a social worker, it's now extra, 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 extra work because you can't just, okay, this is what we're going to do and walk off. 
if you care about how you, you know, complete your job duties. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how they thought this was a plan, but. Mm. Wow. Tisha, what about these babies now? Mm. A whole different, whole different story. Yeah, I, you know, I, somebody been reading the Bible. They've been shipping, trying to ship their kids down the Nile River and saying, go be Moses, go, go be Moses. <laughs> and this is just not that day. <laughs> this is yeah. not that day. Yeah. This, is not, this is not that state. <laughs> you know, uh, no yeah. one's going to pick your child up and... And like Shanti said, advocate for your child the way that that you would, especially not at mm-hmm. the tender age of two years old, three, four years old, yeah. to be away oh, from their parents, wandering alone in a new in a mm. new place, do not know mm-hmm. the language. That it it is so reckless, and again, just speaks about their desperation. And I think we would be better serving them if we looked at whatever's happening in their country and tried to give aid to the country. Like, I think that that would be a a better partnership, a a stronger partnership, and that would be us, like, lending to humanitarian efforts. If we looked at what is happening in your country that is causing you to all need to flee with such desperation, if resources are needed there so that the you know the the food is not rationed, because what I'm to understand is that food is rationed. Like they're given a certain amount of food that they can have for the month. They so they mm. You know, free willy-nilly and the freedoms that we enjoy here, they don't have wow. them. They are given a certain percentage of what they're able to purchase for the month. And if you run out of that, then you are just hungry until the next month. And so mm. how about we look at how we can help there with all the money that we mm-hmm. have exhausted here, ignoring our own people, how about we we just pump some money into that country and help them to stabilize over there so that their children mm. are not also here roaming the streets? Because then what do you do when, when, when you have kids roaming the streets? You create what? Wildness. Because who mm-hmm. how to function as civilized human beings? If they're over here and they're needing to fend for themselves, they become wild. And that becomes mm. the next generation of ruthlessness within Oof. our society. Yeah, this is again a, a plan without a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, these parents, and I thought the same thing. I said, this is this is desperation where you're putting your baby across. You know, like I said, I've seen so, from last year, people. You know, they're putting their babies across the wall, if you will, to quote-unquote safety and better conditions if they couldn't get across the wall themselves. And you are handing your babies into a society that, like you both have said, that they don't care nothing about no kids. 
and children mm-hmm. are abused and used and trafficked and all kinds of things, and you think that it's better than where you are. But nothing is better than, than mommy caring for her child. And, you know, it, it's better that you keep your child safe with you than to put your child into an environment where you believe is better, where you believe is safe, but in actuality, it's not. The gentleman talked about this yesterday, you know, just helping you, you know, from from, from this side. You know, I don't have to take you in. Pastor Jeff gave a an example of, you know, listen, I don't have to take you in to help you. I'm going to help you from the outside. But I'm going to help you. I can help you nonetheless, however that help is. But I'm not, I'm not taking you in to help you because now you possibly become a, you know, a weight on me. And it has nothing to even do with intentional things. Just don't work out the way we think they're going to work out at times. So here you have a, a group of, of parents who believe that, you know, your child, you're still back home and you believe that your child is in better conditions and in actuality, that's not quite what's going on over here. And it, it, this is, oh my goodness gracious, for, you know, the, all of these things that Vivian brought up today are, are really just, you know, they're, they're eye-openers as to how blessed we are. How blessed we are even, you know, having to assume the responsibility of others in one way or another, but we're truly blessed that we don't have these type of conditions that we're living in. It really shows so many things that these uh, migrants are doing. It's really showing how bad it is, or at least conceptually bad it is. You know, when Elder Matisha lays out the food and they're rationing food, you know, it's bad. Here we can go to a pantry. We can get, you know, some things and, you know, possibly get something to eat. We can go and knock at a neighbor's door or maybe some church or family, you know, church member or family to give us food. They don't necessarily have all of the abilities and, you know, uh, the assistance that we have, even though it's sparse at times. You know, we complain about not getting assistance. But I'm going to say this before I close. Um, no, you know what? I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to hold on to that. I will take this time to say thank you, ladies, for your contribution into today's conversation and offering, you know, some assistance. You know, we think that we're just talking, you know, amongst ourselves, but with prayer, you know, this these conversations go a long way. So, you know, we, we're not just talking, we're praying in the door, whatever we can do to help. And, and I'll put that in my closing but I wanted to say thank you so much for your conversation today. As earlier, I wanted to uh, give an opportunity to wish Elder Natisha a happy birthday, Shanti. Your mic is live, so feel free 
Yes. Happy birthday. Elvin, my Tisha, <laughs> happy, happy birthday. Thanking God for allowing you to come on each week and minister. You have personally ministered to me when you're on here. Thanking you for your time and just making yourself available when I've needed to call you on the side and just praying that you not only enjoy today, but you just continue to enjoy everything that God is giving you the ability to do and thanking God for your levels of elevation, not only spiritually, but even in your career and all of the lives that you are touching and thanking you for blessing us with an opportunity to work with you know, the um the organization that you so diligently work on each and every day. And happy birthday Don't Thank eat you. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh Vivian, you're still on, your mic is live. Happy birthday, Elena Tisha. Hope that you have a wonderful day and that this new year of your life is just filled with blessings peace, and prosperity. You have truly been a blessing on and off the show. I just deem it a blessing to to just know you and to be able to be blessed by you. Uh, Just grateful of your presence on the show and what you have done just in in our lives that you probably don't even realize, just the opportunities you've opened up for us and the experience we have been able to have just, just by knowing you and working with you. So thanking you so much for all that you do and wishing you a happy, happy, happy birthday. Thank you so much. All righty. Thank you, Vivian. Oh, you know what? Our loyal listener, Ketty, is on. Let's see if give Ketty an opportunity to say happy birthday. Ketty, you're live. Good morning, everyone. Uh, just want to wish an elder, elder Natisha, a happy, happy birthday. I listen to you. You talk so intelligently. And we thank God for your life. Thank you for being on the show. And thank you so much for giving me some of your knowledge. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Kenny. We appreciate your salutation. If you are listening and you want to send us a happy birthday, we'll read it. And um, feel free to do so. Elder Natisha, again, I want to say thank you so much for all that you have done. You know, you're only on one day a week, but it's, it's, it's definitely a powerful moment to have you on with us. God is using you I mean, tremendously on the uh, Due Time show, as well as in your personal life, as a mother, as a grandmother, as an elder, as a mentor. You know, we're, we're so grateful. We're so grateful that God has given us access to you. And, you know, we're, we're, we're a little small, little, you know, piece of the world but we are bountifully blessed because of you. We pray you have a wonderful, wonderful day, a most enjoyable birthday. And, again, we give God thanks for you. 
Thank you all so much. I, I deem it an honor to serve alongside all of you. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm going to do a little special edition of Pray for Them today since we don't have – oh, we're going to keep uh, – I did speak to Pastor Charlene, who is still – in her journey of recovering her from her procedures, well, please keep her lifted in prayer as you have been doing. And we're going to have a little pray for them. So I'm going to allow each of you to offer um, a suggestion for our pray for them today. And since your mic is still live, Elder Night Tisha, I'll start with you. And we're praying over um, Pastor Charlotte. Whatever you what whatever you whatever you want, whether it's the conditions we're talking about, you know, each week we do a pray for them. Shantise brings us someone to pray for. So today it's up to you. We're not praying. Just give a suggestion as to what you'd like us to pray for today. Whatever you oh, want, whatever's on your heart. Okay. Um well, you know, we talk a lot about the asylum seekers. Let's pray. Let's pray for them that their their hearts and minds, because we know the the way that the enemy would like to pervert and take advantage of this situation. So let's pray that their hearts and minds um, stay hopeful and stay positive, so that they don't turn to the negativity. All right, all right. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for your prayer request today. Shanti, what you got? What's your prayer request today? What are we throwing into the kitty? Okay, well, my, um, my mind is on the babies as Vivian brought up. You know, because as an adult, whether you make a good or bad choice, it's still a choice that you have made as a child. Choices are always being made for you. And just praying that these children, that God just has a special hedge of protection over each and every, we know that there will never be too many children for God to look over and to protect. Just praying that these kids are safe, that they are placed in safe environments, and that they they defy the the the, the laws of lack of common sense. You know, like I said, we we know that a lot there's a lot more traumatic incidents that happen in the system than you know victorious stories. But praying that each one of these children have a victorious stories so that they do not succumb to a lot of the conditions that other kids before them have had to suffer through. Okay, okay. Thank you for your prayer request. Uh Vivian, you're still you're still on. Uh what do you like to offer as a prayer request today? Well, I second praying for the asylum seekers and the children, but what God put on my heart is also Mayor Adams. I feel like he is just taking the brunt 
of all this chaos that is going on, he has expressed how, you know, he there's just no more space. You know, he he has expressed his feelings on this whole situation, but because he is the mayor, he has the responsibility of handling this whole situation. So just praying for him and just his state of mind that, you know, he can work together with the powers that be to just really come up with a decent solution to this whole thing and that, um, God will just help him through it because I'm sure he's going through it as well mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically with this whole situation. So lift him up in prayer as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your prayer request. All right. We have a birthday shout-out before we start. Happy birthday to Elder Tisha. Grateful to God for allowing you to see another year Grateful that you are a part of its due time, and your voice every morning has been a refreshing start to Wednesday mornings and what you do for all those around you. I thank God for sharing you with us. May May God's face continue to shine upon you. All right. Thank you so much for your birthday salutation. Let us take time to hold hands and whole hearts as we go before the Lord. Heavenly Father God, we thank you as we always do before we petition you for anything. We give you thanks for just loving us in a special way and only a way that you can love us as your love has brought us to this point. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for allowing us to even feel your love. So many people are loved by you, God, but they don't feel your love. And, God, we're going to lift up the migrants before you, dear Heavenly Father, as they are leaving situations that we've never experienced, situations that we've never even heard of, situations that we really know nothing about other than the little pieces that we hear, God, and we're praying for their mental stability. We're praying for their emotional stability, God. We're praying for their hearts and minds, their Heavenly Father, as they're being shifted around and they're being made to believe that they're coming into situations that are so much better, to environments that are so much better, to, to areas where it's so much better than where they're coming from, and there's so much hope only to get here and to see something very different, God. And we're praying, God, that they don't get discouraged. We're praying to Heavenly Father that they don't lose hope. We're praying to Heavenly Father that they do not uh, just lower themselves into a, a a position of crime, a position of heinousness. Lord, we really put them before you. We have our own complaints. We have our own issues, dear Heavenly Father, but a lot of us are really not sitting where these individuals are sitting, dear Heavenly Father. And Lord, you know it all. There's a reason why you're allowing all of this could take place. And although we may not understand, although we may not see it, Lord, we know you have a plan. And we know you have a plan for every single one of their lives. And, Lord, we're just grateful for whatever we're able to do. And we pray to Heavenly Father that we keep 
them lifted before you. Instead of being angry, instead of being hateful, instead of just throwing up our hands to Heavenly Father, we keep them lifted, even if we can't do anything else for them. We keep them lifted before you, that their hearts and minds would stay intact. We know that it can, as crazy as it seems, we know that all things are possible as long as we are close to you, God. Some of these people may know you and some of them may not. But Lord, we're praying. We're praying that as they're laying on a cot with plastic around them, God, we know how it feels to be cold. But Lord, we don't know that. We don't know that. And we thank you that we don't know that. And we pray that you just wrap them in your arms, God. We have enough mental illness here on United States soil. We don't need to inherit more mental illness. We don't need to bring them into a condition that deteriorates their mental stability. And we're thanking you, God, that we know you, that we can pray for them like this that we can come to you on their behalf. Even if they don't know you, God, we do. And we're asking you, God, to help us stand in the gap. Help us love them the way you would have us to love them, God. Lord, we're lifting up these children, the babies, who have no choice but to be in the situation that they're in that now they're being separated from their parents, God. The only people that they know, the love that a parent can give them, but that these parents are so desperate, their Heavenly Father, that they're placing their children into a condition that they believe is better. And Lord, sometimes it's just not here. It's just not better here. And Lord, we're asking you to care for them. There's enough traumatized children here already. There are enough abused children here already. And Lord, wherever they land, whoever's hands they land in, God, we ask you to just lift them so that they can take special care of these children because they have been separated from where they know and who they know and what they know. And Lord, our hearts go out for them as they are so innocent. They did not ask to come here. And Lord, we know you can care for them. We know that you love them. Let them feel your love. Even if they don't know what they're feeling, God, we ask you, to again just wrap yourself around them, carry them to wherever they need to go, place them in the right place with people who care, with people who will take the time, with people who will love them. We know that this system, God, is already weighed down with our own children. We know this system is being cared for by people 
who are overwhelmed, people who don't really care, people who are worn out, people who have given up. And we ask you, dear Heavenly Father, that you even shift who and what they are, who and what they are to the system, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we love you. We need you. We need you for them, dear God. Lord, we're lifting up Mayor Adams, who is weighed down heavily, who's probably sinking as we speak. What a load to have to carry. And Lord, we're asking you to be his heavy load bearer. Your word says, come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And Lord, we pray that he knows you in that way. That it wasn't just a Bible verse that he may have heard here or there, maybe even from childhood, but it's something that he can lean back on right now, God. And that you can keep him, hold him, protect him, guide him. Give him all of the information he needs. Give him the strategy. Give him the ingenuity. Surround him with people who really care, people who can possibly give him the best counsel, who's seeking their counsel from you. We see others are moving differently. We see others who are making better and different decisions. And, Lord, we ask you that whatever ability he has, that he seeks you and he executes it, that you would open up doors that he never even realized could be open, that if he has not already done so, God, that he has turned his life, he turns his life over to you because he understands that he can do nothing without you, that he is nothing without you. Lord, we already know what he was facing when he was going in, but we had no idea, and I'm sure he had no idea that this could be what he would be looking at right now. He has so many lives in his hands, and he's just inherited over 100,000 more lives, lives of people he knows nothing about. He may know the life of a New Yorker, but he, he has no idea of the life of a migrant. And if he's doing the best that he can, the Heavenly Father, if he's honestly doing the absolute best that he can, God, we ask you to just bear him up and just help him to lean on you just a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. That he won't try everything before he tries you. That he won't live by the creed of when everything else fails, try Jesus but that he would learn to try you first before he puts his hand on anything, God, let him seek you first. That he would have a praying wife and a praying family. That he would have a praying counsel. Lord, we know that Harry the head that wears the crown. And we give him to you right now, dear God. And let him listen to his people, us, those of us who have 
good ideas and sound counsel, those who you speak to in a different way, those who don't have the weight that he has, who can think a little differently because we're not as desperate. Because we do have good ideas. We're just not sitting in the seat. Let him have the ear of your people and let your people have his ear. We're giving you thanks, God, that we can even approach you today. We thank you for even hearing our our cry. We thank you, God, for Elder Nitisha's birthday. And we pray to Heavenly Father that you give her comfort, rest, and peace, that she would seek your guidance at all times, that she would go after the things that you would want her to go after, that she would not move unless you say so. We ask you to be with every listener and that we would be a blessing to them each and every time they listen, that they would never go tired of hearing from you. In the name of Jesus, we give you the glory and the honor, so rightly be your name. Amen. Wow. A lot to talk about today. A lot to talk about today. And we give God thanks that we even have an outlet to where we can speak, where we can be heard, where people can hear where people can get counsel, where people can get relief, where people can hear from God in a different way, that we would bring a smile on their face, that you would enjoy listening. Uh, There's so much that God gives us to say, and a lot of times we don't say it. We don't say it, you know. There's a lot of of thought and feeling regarding this migrant issue. And, you know, for those of us who were raised here, born here, we never thought it would get like this. We didn't, we, we really never thought that there would be a time that it could get like this. You know, we talked about the right to shelter and going back into that uh, act. And, you know, we, we really ask God to help, you know, to reroute in Mayor Adams' head in the people that are counseling him in their head it's a lot of responsibility to take on and sometimes you know we ask for things and we beg God for things and we think that we can handle things and then when the time comes and we're really faced with you like what in the world did I get myself into I never thought it would be like that. I never thought that it would get like this. I thought I could control it. I thought I could handle it. Every one of us, every one of us, we go through that. We 
ask God for things, and then when we get it, it has a whole new look. (laughs) So we're going to give God thanks for the times when we have him to lean on. When we asked for something, and when we looked, it had exploded. So we talk about Mayor Adams, who, you know, ran for office. He wanted this position. But I'm sure he had no concept of what was coming down the pipeline. But you got to be humble. You got to know the Lord. When you take on positions like this, you've got to know the Lord. And it's no difference in what we take on. And when we take things on, whether someone suggested it or whether someone offered it to us or whether we just decided this is what we want to do, this is why we need to see God for everything we do. Because certain things we want, it's not for us. It is not for us. It's too much. We don't see it. We think that it's, you know, glitz and glamour and it would look good and feel good. But we we really have had to run to the shelter of God. And thank God that the shelter was there. So we're just going to give God thanks today for all of us who have just sometimes bit off more than we could chew. But God has been there to rescue us every single time. And that this would help us, that, that these things would help us to approach things differently. When we want to take on things, go to the Lord first. If we've never done it before, Let this be a lesson to get this done. Because we got to make sure that this is the kind of stuff (laughs) that we don't get into. And it's very easy to get into it, but it's hard to get up out of it. So that's my word today. See God in everything you do before you do it. Stay prayerful. Stay prayerful so that when God does speak, because he speaks in many different shapes, forms, and fashions, when he does speak, you'll know it's him. When when he does speak, you'll, you'll see and you'll hear him. Or you'll automatically know that ain't God. God does not want me in that. And, and I have to tell you, there was a time when something was so foreign. I was like, no, nah, God brought me out of this. He's not taking me into this. And there was a plan. There was a plan, but I had to listen to God for his guidance. I really had to listen to God for his guidance. And no idea. I kept saying, this is not God. I'm this is, No, God doesn't want this for me. And I had to really just put my ears up. The Spirit of the Lord had to really help me hear God differently because everything doesn't is not packaged the same it doesn't look the same so know that you know that you know that what you're doing is of the Lord in the Lord about the Lord for the Lord it has nothing to do with you 
Because when we make decisions like that, we can very well step out of the will of the Lord. Okay. All right. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my D-Time crew, the ladies, for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Please do not miss this opportunity to give your life to the Lord right now. Please, if you've given your life to the Lord, do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord. Let me show you some new things. Later is not promised to any of us. And you surely don't want to miss the mark. Until tomorrow, God speaks. Where it's therapeutic Thursday. Until then, I love you.